Lost in Sound is proudly sponsored by Audio-Technica. Audio-Technica are a global but still family-run company that make headphones, turntables, cartridges, microphones, studio-quality yet affordable products because they believe that high-quality audio should be accessible to all. Welcome to Lost and Sound. I'm Paul Hamford. I'm your host. I'm a writer and author based in Berlin, where I'm speaking to you now from. And this is the show where each episode I have conversations with the musical innovators, the outsiders, the mavericks, the artists that do their own unique thing. And we talk about music and life and the things that inspire us to make the things that we make. Previous guests have included Peaches, Suzanne Chiani, Jim O'Rourke, Chili Gonzalez, Letitia Sadie, Ghost Poet, Cozy Funny Tutti, Baxter Jewry, Sleaford Mods, Nightmares on Wax, and First and More. And today, you're going to hear a conversation I had with rapper, producer, and performer Ice Boy Violet. My book, Coming to Berlin, is available in specialist bookshops and via the publisher, Velocity Press. And if you're new to this show, and if you like it, only if you like it, please give it a subscribe. Um, I will be eternally grateful if you do so, but only if you like it. Okay, so, right, I hope you're good. Um, so most of the time, most of the guests I have on the show are people that I've, I've, I've kind of hunted down, people I'm really, really keen to speak to, and I'm really, you know, I already know a lot about. But occasionally, something enters my radar via someone recommending me an artist and this is the case with the guest you're about to hear today i had not heard of ice boy violet until i got an email quite often i ignore emails to be honest but this one i opened on a whim and i'm so so fucking glad i did because the music is really 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 awesome i think they're really really awesome and i was really really excited and keen to speak with them um ice boy violet makes music that fuses experimental club music with rap with abstract noise with a sort of warped pop sensibility um, and I got sent their new EP and when I listened I sort of thought I love the way all of these different elements fuse together so naturally um, I think one of the things that I think really 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 is a sign of someone making incredibly good music is when they're able to take very disparate elements and blend them all together in a way that doesn't sound contrived it just sounds like it's part of them and that's that's they're conveying something through that and and the content and the feeling and the energy just becomes kind of obliterates the sort of genres that kind of go into it in the first place um with, with their music with, with ice boy violet's music i hear abrasiveness and i hear, hear equal amounts of vulnerability with uh, introspection and kind of like a wild playfulness um so i sort of started digging in to their music um since the release of their first mixtape mook 
back in 2018. Um, they've collaborated with artists including Lorraine James, Black Hane, Space Africa, Slickback and Aya. And we spoke to coincide with the release of their latest project, a kind of short album, long EP, not a dream, but a controlled explosion, a project which is about the role of desire and the role fantasy plays in our lives. Um, they're from Manchester. Manchester's got such a fucking great musical history. You don't need me to tell you. And I think what they're doing with their music also connects in with a lot of other artists that are doing equally interesting, introspective, experimental things from the north of England at the moment. You may recall about a month or two back when I spoke with Richie Culver, who was doing something not a million miles apart. Um, Space Africa, who I really, really, really love too. Lots of really cool stuff. But I had a really, really nice chat. I really enjoyed chatting with Ice Boy Violet. And this is what happened. Thanks so much for joining me today. How's it going? Yeah, it's okay. I'm, um, I mean, thanks for having me. It's a very chaotic situation at the moment. I'm like moving house and, um, you know, doing the promo for this project and doing loads and loads and loads of other bits at the same time. And it's, uh, it's all a bit chaotic, but it's, it's okay. <laughs> I, I know that feeling. It's the same with me. I'm going away next week. And so I've got like that kind of thing where you just got to get everything done beforehand. And are you good at that? Are you good at times of pressure of jumping between different things? Um, I manage. I don't think I'm good at it. I don't. I don't necessarily thrive in it, but um, I'll get it done. You know, like my my ideal situation is uh, is calm and stability, and yeah. then the occasional uh, late deadline to kind of get me over the edge on something. You know? Yeah, yeah. I'm the same. Do you find sometimes deadlines help give you something to kind of work towards? Yeah, I'm finding that especially. Now I'm like attempting to go full time that um, that that gives me a bit of structure, which is really helpful. Um, yeah, and then it's you can you can tweak music like music specifically you can tweak it endlessly, so uh, it gives me a chance to kind of just get things done and and make that decision for myself. You know? Yeah. Um, I think that's definitely something that kind of comes up a lot when I talk to people is like how we know when we finished ideas, you know, I think sometimes it doesn't feel that ideas ever really finish. We just kind of get like a version of it that is, is right for how we feel at that time. Do you, you know, is, is that how it is for you or do you sort of have these things of going, no, no, I'm holding this off till it's like absolutely perfect. I think I get to a point with a lot of the music where, it's less about it feeling good and less about it feeling finished and more it's like I'm, I'm sick of working on this and I want this to be done. Like it's done because if I don't decide that it's done, then it will never be done. So it's just like um, I really burn myself out a little bit where I, uh, if I'm working on a song, I really see a lot of potential in it's a process of um, it, it's the only thing that I work on for a while mm. until it's finished. Mm. So it's got to the point where I'm like working on something for like four or five hours a day for two weeks. And then you're just like, I hate this. Like I, this is, this is awful. So and I've ruined this for myself. So I'm going to stop now because I have to, um, 
my brains turn to mush a bit and I can't listen to the song anymore. So it's it's as done as it'll ever be. <laughs> I can really, really relate to that. I mean, and, and like with, with the new project, Not a Dream, but a controlled exposure, explosion, do you feel like, has there been enough gestation time between finishing it and, and it coming out for you to kind of see it as being like something different from when you were recording it or or is it still like ideas that you go okay that's that's where it got to yeah i think like um we finished it maybe two months ago Mm. maybe about two months ago so it's been as soon as it's finished as soon as it was mastered we've had these deadlines and we've pretty much hit all the deadlines and um it's just been like bang, bang, bang since it's since it uh, has been finished. Because um, we ended up like um, I had most of the tracks done, and then um, once uh, fixed abode wanted to put it out, I wanted to add another another song um, and just work on stuff. We worked, we kind of like uh, edited stuff a lot in the mix down process, and so no, I haven't had any space from it. But it it feels like. The oldest tracks in there are about four or five years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once I pulled the first tracks together and was like, there's like a theme here, there's like an idea here, there's a thread, and then found that thread and then started making new music around it. That's been what I've been making music about recently. That's been what I've been thinking about recently. So it all still feels really fresh. Mm-hmm. It feels like um, if I had another three months um i could have made loads more music for it but as it stands i think it kind of we ended at a perfect time for it to be a first kind of array for me into this like kind of weirdly nebulous topic you know yeah and and it's interesting you're talking about themes as well like i was speaking with delilah holiday a couple of weeks ago and she was saying like on her latest project she found having like a conceptual framework for it kind of just really helped her to sort of finish the ideas and also to kind of know what she kind of wanted to pull out of the ether. And, and you're saying this as well. And and I, I read that the, uh, the project is kind of about, uh, or at least partly about how desire and fantasy play into our lives. And I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit about what that means or what you were kind of going on with that idea for you. Yeah, so my original kind of uh, theme for that project was about was about love, and um, but specifically more about like trying a little an elements of romantic love, but kind of like mostly celebrating the love for my friends and like uh, different structures of love that don't get talked about so much in music and different kind of. Um, ways of loving people and different kind of yeah but um and then I wrote a couple more songs and I kind of became interested in this idea because I was tired part of it was being like tired of the way that people talked about these topics and kind of seeing it, seeing like desire and fantasy manifest in all of these different kind of avenues of uh, areas of life, um, like politics, fashion, like transness and and music and like what it meant to be uh, a musician, mm-hmm. um, especially like currently. 
so it, it kind of came partially from these things and then partially from like noticing what the songs that I wrote and, and kind of like looking that layer deeper beneath that those mm-hmm. those themes and like finding this thread of like a, of, of of what is real and what isn't and kind of just like wanting to make music while also like kind of discarding like what's what's real um for what's good mm. um, and what what i actually wanted um i kind of noticed it in things like um like i, I write songs about myself and then i was writing songs about myself but with the kind of very real like facts about who i am mm. and but presented in the same tone and in the same breath who i wanted to be Mm. um and those feeling like essentially the same thing and then you can kind of play in this space that's a bit more free and is that like the kind of idea of between sort of like the sort of fantasy projection we have of ourselves and who we actually are is is are you talking about like the kind of the sort of space between that that is also real as well do you think yeah, I mean, I think I think you are as much who you want to be mm. as who you are in the in the core of yourself. Like that that is so real and it affects so many of your decisions. And it, um, I feel like in a very real way, um, maybe this is because I've like worked at it or because I'm lucky in some way. But a lot of the things that I've wanted to be, I've ended up becoming. Mm because i wanted it and then i acted like i i wanted to be that and then i acted like i was that and then it just became me in a in in, in a like a real way quote, mm. quote. i i think these aspects especially when we're talking about hip-hop and there's mm. obviously you know authenticity is a big is thankfully less important than it used to be but it's it's still there and um it's just like i i think that all of these things are just as authentic as anything else and just as real and they say a lot about this so it was kind of like that was a big part of it so i'm right yeah it's, i think we all have our own kind of perception of who we are and what authenticity is as well don't we and i think so much of of what we think we are is based on other people's kind of ideas of us or societal ideas of us as well, you know, and like perhaps boxes we get put into uh, uh, and stuff. Do you feel like with your music, there seems to be this kind of real embracing of, of leaving certain boxes, whether that's like in terms of the sound and the sort of sound palette you drag in or, or in terms of the themes. And, and is, is that very important for you to kind of sort of like this authenticity to sort of be a driving force for kind of discovery for you? I think that, I think that you can only like, I think it's really, really hard to make stuff that doesn't feel authentic to you mm. because you don't like it right you, you won't yeah. like it and it's I, like making it's, food that you don't want to eat isn't it yeah yeah it's like it's really it, it's kind of um draining and i know a lot of people have to do that with you know it's the, they kind of make those, that music for work or something like that but 
it's it seems <clears throat> so much easier um and so much um less there feels like there's so much less resistance internally to make stuff that you like um so it's it's literally that the the other side of it is that i'm just not very good at like like making things like other things so mm. i get i get really obsessed with particular genres and i want to make it and i try to make it and i always fail and then i make something that's like kind of okay in the process but not what i'm trying to emulate um i think that's that's like that's common everyone does that um but um my my friends who are very good at emulating stuff have to work a little bit harder to make something weird at the end of it well i just kind of like end <laughs> up with stuff it's like, <laughs> and that's like a real sign of authenticity isn't it and and you know and is that sort of in terms of like the making stuff it's all there but in terms of like the kind of releasing stuff that it does feel so kind of unrestricted you know like um like for all your music you know there's everything from grime to to experimental noise to like ambience you know um do you feel that that there's pressure at the other end on the kind of release end at sort of having more conventional sound you know you've already done it by then but you know do you feel that it's you know in terms of people's reactions that people you feel that there's like an expectation to be more conventional i worry about it i think because this is something that i pay my rent from mm. i worry about all of these things but at the same time it's also worked in my favor um, you know, there are people that found me from the noise stuff, people that found me from grime stuff, people that found me for the ambient stuff, and some of them are still with me. Um, and that's kind of, um, I'm really grateful for that. Um, I also, I mean, I think, I think the aim for anyone who kind of makes work is to have, at once have that freedom, but also have kind of like retain a voice within that. Um, it's like I um I saw Sophie play in Glasgow. Yeah, and um, she was incredible because she played all of this music. She played like a a live DJ set kind of thing, all like um all production mix, and she played all these like genres of music with all of these like kind of very clear signifiers, but they were all so undoubtedly Sophie. Mm. Um, and I think we would have seen, you know, if we got more music out of her, that it would have been her whole career would have been that where she could have done anything she wanted to, mm. and it would have always sounded like her. Like Arkad has done the same thing. Mm. Like that's that's what I want to do. Is mm. like I I, I want to feel free to release and make anything that I want. Um, but I also want it all to sound like. Ice White Violet. Um, mm. So that's um, that. That's that. That seems like success to me in a way. I think that's a really lovely definition of success. I feel. I mean, like thinking about Sophie, like she was so far ahead as well. Like this kind of idea of just being so free in terms of like uh, and uh, sort of just pick taking elements of genres and it always sounding like herself. And I get that from your music as well. Just the kind of freedom within that that kind of comes out. And I think when people do feel comfortable to be free, then they naturally 
you know, even if you're sort of trying to emulate something, but you find your own way, then naturally that's when the authenticity kind of shines through anyway. And, and I think people kind of connect with that because I think we can, it's like, you know, you're sat in a bar and someone's a, having a bad vibe. You can kind of tell, can't you? And it's the same with some, when music's kind of giving a certain kind of energy or a good energy, you can sort of feel that, can't you? You know, there's something in us, you know? Yeah. 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 I think, I mean, I can't talk about my own music because I don't really know how and why people resonate with my music. <laughs> like it's, um, but I've been thinking about this recently because I, I was listening to a lot of artists within a similar genre and I was like, kind of like technically there's very little that separates a lot of these artists, but there are some that are just definitely better and more interesting than others. And I think it's just having having that angle, like having just mm. one thing that you do differently is enough to just really, and do very well, is mm. like enough to, um, it's enough to, 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 to really make your entire work very much more engaging, much more interesting and much more like, um, yeah, yeah. Um, but it, but it's not always it's not always as simple as just being like oh that person has a really nice voice you know yeah yeah definitely yeah <laughs> I mean I I used to make music and now I kind of mostly write and do this and it's just I think particularly with the writing it's it's you know for every day I have clarity there's like another day where it's just like this heavy soup like you know yeah. and I'm just I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I can destroy work through not knowing what I'm doing. <laughs> have, you, have you ever kind of like sort of destroyed work that you're working on just because it gets like too foggy or anything? I keep things very simple, generally mm. speaking. Like, I think um, one thing that I enjoy is I, I love tracks that have like one idea or mm. two ideas and do them really well. But yeah, no, there's, yeah, of course, like, everything just kind of you just ruin you just ruin things and but you 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 can never know i don't i don't often go back to things that i mm. that i've tried to do and haven't worked out sometimes if i really feel like there's something in the core of it that's really really worth like but if i'm not that enthusiastic about something i will uh, generally um just like give up um, yeah. but street dogs was like that like mm. street dogs have wings as as um as a sample um is something that has been sitting on my computer in various projects and various loops for like four years five years and i was like mm. just kept coming back to it and be like i know there's something here like i can feel that if i if i can really like bring the potential out of the sample and really like do it well that it will be really good um and it took me so long it took me long, very long it took me lots of iterations um i almost just gave the sample away to someone else because i was like this deserves to be done but i can't do it um, um so yeah like i feel like it's a process of like chipping away at like a, like a an ice block like it kind of mm. it reveals itself to you and sometimes you try and add a bit too much detail or you go a bit too hard and the whole thing like spatters under its own weight um and then sometimes it's best to just give up. No, I'm totally. Up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and do you have like moments as well where when when 
do some ideas happen very quickly as well? Like, you know, maybe something's gestated for a while or whatever, but then does inspiration kind of come about very quickly? You know, a lot of artists say they can spend ages on one piece, then do something else almost without thinking about it. I think the good ideas, the really good ideas are, are the ideas that I sit on for a while, especially when I'm writing lyrics. Um, the ideas that I feel the most satisfied with at the end are the ones where I'm like, oh, I want to write, like, I want to write a song about this. Um, and sometimes you have to sit on those ideas for a while because the words don't come or um, th- those songs are generally harder to write because because you know what it's trying to do. So you kind of, there's a lot more editing involved and a lot more like second guessing, I guess. Um, I mean, I mean, with production, a lot of the things are led by the sample. So I listen, I find something that sounds good and I'm like, what does this want to be? Um, maybe that's like determined like the BPM of a loop or like, mm. or like um, the kind of, you know, the mood of the sample. I'm like, what does this sample want? And I kind of like follow that. Um, I don't really try and force things to be things that they're not. Um, but with with writing, yeah, um, having those ideas make for generally make for better songs, um, more cohesive songs. But mm. and and they can come out of you know sometimes you just think of little bits, little lyrics or whatever, and and that that can be like oh this is the start of something. Um, but yeah, I don't. Um, I don't necessarily go hunting for ideas often. Mm. Um, I try and write every day just to um, to kind of get things out and to to um, you get really I get really rusty really quickly if I don't. Yeah. Um, but no, I'm not I'm not a quick person with ideas. Ideas come as they come as I live life and and kind of like reflect on it and yeah um, think about what I want to talk about. So it's not a separate thing, you know, it's, you don't, you don't go into like the studio, you know, sit by a computer, you know, it's so, I mean, well, obviously you do, but you know, it's like, it's, it's sort of connected with life, you know, you live life and you make music and the two things are kind of overlapping and connected, would you say? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, definitely. I mean, at the moment I'm having um, a bit of a hard time with uh, um I, I recently went through a breakup. I'm sorry to hear that. And it's okay. Yeah, it sucks, but uh, <laughs> such is life, eh? I mean, yeah. <laughs> the, the, the point of me bringing that up is that um, I haven't been able to make music for since. Um, I have. It's been really hard to write. It's been really mm. kind of raw um, and hard to focus. But it's also like I've just re- I've written a lot of little bits, mm. these little thoughts, and I've had all of these little things. I know it's going to make some good music. <laughs> it becomes <laughs> this like silver lining. But I, the, the more mm. I've like um, the more I've grown up, and the more I've like had these things, um, I realise I need to process them a bit internally first before I turn them into music. For me, it's not like this isn't how I. Mm just immediately deal with things but it, it's part of the process of making pain in something a bit more beautiful or like reflecting on these things or i think it's really interesting when you write a song 
and then you live a bit more life and that song just completely changes meaning because you you realize that it's actually more relevant and more applicable to a current situation or something like that but yeah um my me making music is is um is very much intertwined with my like emotional state and the things that are going on in my life that's generally what i make music about mm. I'm, I'm trying to uh and and i i find that it's easier to write songs the longer that i've lived because i can patch things together um not all my songs are about one breakup or or one kind of um one like like feeling of overcoming something or something like that it's, it's, it ends up being patched together from all these different experiences which mm-hmm. means that it's uh it's easier to write music nowadays and i don't go hunting for for horrible experiences to, to <laughs> try and make music i think that's how our minds work as well isn't it like whenever you know even when something is very very occupying and i'm really sorry to hear about your breakup and and you know i think we've all been there in our own different ways and that you know i've I always think of like those horrible times where like afterwards i just can't eat properly for a while and things like that but it's like our minds never sort of stay on one thing they're all this kind of sort of you know if someone was going to make a film of anyone's life accurately or their thoughts it wouldn't just be a story it would be like a kind of collage wouldn't it like we jump yeah. around all over the place you know yeah yeah and then yeah links are made between seemingly disparate things and mm. that's that's creativity essentially so yeah kind of like a, and i'm trying to be easy about all that stuff because mm. um I mean, if no music is made about this thing, then that's also totally fine. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like um, it's it's uh, it becomes uh, this place to to talk about these things, to feel a bit less alone about these things, and to kind of like um, and and then yeah, to, to 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 kind of pay tribute to a bit of my life, you know. Hmm. Yeah, abs- absolutely. I think it's also it's really important to to do that in our own way when we find the way we can do it as well. And sometimes it just happens without us even intending to, you know, it, it just kind of comes out, you know, and other times it's more of a process of sitting down with something, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. Hmm. It's all a mix of that as well. Like, you know, I'll have, I write these uh, heartbreaking <laughs> lines when I'm in the club. Uh, write all these like really <laughs> lovely happy lines when I'm in this horrible situation and yeah. then um, they become like foundational pieces often like mm. bits of lyrics uh, take things from books and, and then all of these things kind of then get knitted together by me sitting down and you know, how do I say this and how do I like mm. get this across um, so it's a, yeah it's a bit of both yeah a bit of accident and a bit of being deliberate yeah and you get the kind of uh the contrast as well i think is really important just like i think we're always when when contrasts are sort of different things are lined up with each other that might not go you know that's some something happens in that space between doesn't it you know with your music particularly sort of sometimes using uh kind of 
what might from a distance sort of sound like occasionally like quite aggressive kind of rapping but then on closer inspection it sort of you know opens up into the sort of all this vulnerability and and openness and stuff which is to me is just a beautiful kind of contrast really do you, do you feel like um few is it always quite important to sort of if you're approaching like a genre like rap to to put in this kind of very unique authenticity to it the sort of vulnerability to it um i don't know if it's unique you know like i think um i think there are a lot of i think it just comes across a bit differently but when you listen to like i mean there's a lot of rappers who talk about drugs and and it's really easy to to think of these songs as braggadocious and stuff but mm. often they can really just sound like a cry for help as well yeah. like i feel like it's really easy to read all of this all of this like um violent um like violent the violent side of rap music is like really also vulnerable and really like scared and and all of this stuff but I am more deliberate. I guess I'm more like naked with it because I, that's kind of what I relate to in music. You know, that's what I've come from. And I don't, um, those, that's, those are the stories I have to tell. You know, I don't, I don't, I haven't lived a particularly, a particularly rough life, you know. So these are the stories I've got. Um, and I just think it's really like, um a little bit underexplored and also just really really interesting you play with a lot of paradox you know, uh, paradoxes um yeah like you play with a lot of opposites then um between like the what the idea of what a rapper is and who i am um and like um i try and put these things in my music where like i might have a song about um about like a a, a breakup and I, I i very much deliberately want it to not just be like ah you fucked me over and mm. be like i show my like i'll show my vulnerability my like weaknesses and stuff in in the lyrics maybe like subtly maybe explicitly but like i i want it to be quite true and and, and relate to people the the things that i remember the most of the things that kind of um, are at once quite lyrically clever but also um cut really deep and those lyrics that just like just like say things describe truth in a way that you would uh never think of it before and then you're like damn yeah that, it really is like that or you know that's really it's like really incisive mm. um, and i hope that like by being vulnerable that I can um, make people feel less alone, you know, and connect to people a bit um, mm. and then maybe stumble across those, those things occasionally. Yeah. I think that's a really beautiful way to say it. And, and you kind of mentioned a little bit earlier on about like sort of, um, sort of music you kind of grew up listening to and you, you grew up in Manchester. You were born in Manchester, is it? No, I grew up in like West Yorkshire. Oh right, okay, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and do you do you live in Manchester now? Yeah, yeah, I'm in Manchester. I've been here for most of my adult life. Yeah, and w when you were growing up, was there sort of like an early 
uh, musical epiphany you had, like, you know, right back in childhood? I, I think I saw, I guess, if <laughs> so, the first musical epiphany was watching Michael Jackson and being like, this person has so much power. Which is really weird for me to say because I don't think that's necessarily what I'm after. But, but I just mm. saw the effects that Michael Jackson could have on people, and saw how like how he could create these worlds with mm. music videos and things like that. And I saw just like how affected people were, um, and that was really that was really huge to me. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, I think like Michael Jackson's my first like musical love. We we um, how 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 young were you then? It was like four or five. Yeah, we had the VHS. There's like music video VHS, and I just like watched that on repeat. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then like I think all of the, the music. Then as I grew up, the music that I started listening to was like um when i was like 10 11 um i decided that i only wanted to listen to the hardest music out there and for me with access to uh like music television like smash hits and that was like mm. linkin park and good mm. charlotte and that <laughs> um which is you know obviously incredibly tame relatively but was really um I was just drawn to how that release of energy and that kind of like um like um maybe a little bit just being kind of be wanting to be a bit edgy but um yeah I kind of was attracted to that like um hyper emotion of of that kind of music. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's interesting actually. I mean, I, I remember like when I was really little, and it's going to sort of show my age, but my dad took me to see. Michael Jackson at Wembley doing like the uh, I think it's the Bad Tour. And it's yeah, like mid eighty wow. six or eighty seven or something. It's so jealous. Oh man! But I I was I think like I but I I totally relate to what you're saying about like this whole world and power he had. Like because it was just before then I was just obsessed with you know he would wear a different outfit for a few you know for a few years have a certain look you know yeah and it might just yeah. change a little bit. It was like for me it was like. Michael Jackson and Harrison Ford, they both <laughs> had these sort of looks, you know, as Han Solo or or um or, or Michael Jackson, you know, and and then the bad one with that leather jacket. And it was just incredible, you know. And and um I think that's sort of, you know, it, there was this whole, it wasn't just the music, it wasn't just the music, because it's this whole sort of like visual aesthetic, this whole kind of world that these people build you know like the kind of concepts of world building for like uh, you know like a lot of the artists that we really really sort of remember and hold up and create an impression mm. for us you know was that important to you this whole kind of world that they they have i think for me yeah i mean i i definitely believe it in the sense of um um from a musical standpoint mm. One of the reasons that I initially put all of these songs together was because they sounded similar. 
they they had a similar like color palette they had a similar texture to me um and that was the kind of the first sticking point and then i was like what's the thematic thread that runs through all of these i mean a lot of them what didn't have uh, lyrics at the time um so it's like what what feels like the thematic thread um through all of this and then yeah i mean i'm, I'm really i don't think that the world that i create or could create for my music is as important as the world that people or the people create in their own concepts of it um in their own like world like i think i think those those stories are the ones that stick the most right the stories that you tell yourself mm. um a lot of these people a lot of musicians didn't didn't had no desire of being like role models and personal heroes you know yeah. these are things that we've created as as fans and i also i'm i'm, I'm not much of a of a visual artist so um i've struggled with videos in the past and that's mm. something that i'm kind of developing and but but that's something that i i have this like amazing opportunity with that is that i can outsource this and i can mm. gain these different interpretations of my music and 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 collaborate on them and then um like expand this kind of world in a way that i never would have mm. um on my own um so I think it's like collaborative in that sense, like uh, the, the the person that I am and the, the person that I try and present to my music isn't necessarily the same person that um, anyone who listens to my music gets and, and their versions of me will be different and their versions of the world mm. around me will be different. And I, all I can do is like do what I think is cool and looks mm. good and like and not try and limit myself too much on like this is what ice boy violet will do or this is what mm. um and then and then leave that for everyone else to kind of figure out i think that's i think that's more interesting really than trying to uh and it into a specific world that i've imagined yeah yeah it's, it's really interesting what you're saying there I mean, particularly about kind of like, you know, Michael Jackson as an example or or anyone that kind of builds their own world that it's not, you know, necessarily, you know, a contrived thing. It's just like a, a version of what the person puts out into the world, you're saying, you know, and um and I mean it's interesting, also you sort of talk about collaboration as well. And I've I've kind of really been I've noticing sort of particularly in the last two or three years that at least it's kind of come into my my radar you know my radar might be quite slow on this the sort of uh the sort of interestingness and sort of kind of connectedness between a lot of electronic music that's coming out of the north of england at the moment and you know certain common themes and sort of people collaborating you know yourself like space africa black cane do you feel that there is like a sort of a common ground that you have with 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 artists from the north of England, or is it just like sort of a coincidence? You know, <laughs> I think it's a bit of both, right? Yeah. Like, I think, I think, I think, um, I think, in a way, I, I always kind of um, think I'm very lucky for being where I am when I am. Mm. Like, these things are very lucky. Like, uh, I could have like 
gone to university in Oslo and then completely missed all of this. You know what I mean? Like there are really fine margins between like, um, especially when um, a community is built, you know, there's mm. um, to be part of it or not. It's very, very uh, small differences. Um, yeah. I mean, I have a lot of love for, I mean, the thing that's keeping me in Manchester at the moment is the other musicians around me who like keep pushing me and, uh, work with me and yeah just challenge me I mean I <laughs> I um, like people send me new music and I'm just like well I've got to go like I hate you I've got to go back to the studio now and work more because like <laughs> it's it's levels like it's the, the the stuff that people are making now is is like incredible and it's um again it's one of those lucky things where like everyone has seemingly started to like mature musically around the same time and yeah, I mean, as for common threads, I think we're all we're we all make quite introspective music, mm. and I feel like our music is quite irreverent um, of the past. Uh, there's also this common theme of us all kind of growing up on hip hop and things like that, and then kind of discovering um, weird music um, and more like experimental stuff i mean for me that happened in man a lot of that happened in manchester mm -hmm. um, um i can't speak for the others but, but there was like a real kind of um that we had we share a similar musical history and then we've kind of since then um diverted into this kind of weird like this experimental world and and i'm really grateful to all of the djs and the the club nights and all of that that was happening in Manchester before um when I turned up and who I learned a lot from um because they really fostered that you know um I I decided to rap on the beats that I rap on now because I went to um Hesker's club night and heard these songs and they were all instrumental I was like why is nobody rapping on these like I could rap mm. on these and then that's that's how that happened yeah i think we've all got similar aims mm. um i mean there's so many more that so many more artists that don't get mentioned in this like small manchester group that are, that are also mm. like incredibly important to what we're doing um at ren's nero 96 back like um like um the like henzo clemency people in the club side the fumus like um tom boogism on djing like all of these people are like really incredible and have um have created this like space where we feel constantly like inspired um yeah it's really beautiful at the moment it's really exciting and uh the fact that we all get along and can collaborate and stuff is so um, it's a real gift yeah that's amazing i love the way you talk about collaboration and you mentioned something really interesting that I thought interesting that the new saying about hearing something someone's done and then wanting to get home and better it. But the yeah. way I sort of sensed you were talking about it, maybe I'm wrong, is that someone else could say that, or that could often be taken in a different way that would be about like real competition. But I get the impression from the way you're talking about it, it's more about like inspiration and collaboration you know what would you say was like sort of big difference between having a competitive streak and having a 
collaborative streak? I mean, we're all on a spectrum of these things, but yeah. you know, for you, what 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 is that? I think I'm definitely like I'm definitely very competitive, but um, I've uh, been trying more and more not to let that competition be a negative thing. You know, not to be like ah, I'm bad at this, like, and 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 let that be a thing where it's like, okay, these are my peers for a reason. These are the people that are around me who tell me that I make good music and they're making this incredible music. And it's just like, what it does is it shows me how much more there is to like explore. Um, it shows me how much more, how much better my song structure could be or how much better like, um, because sometimes, uh, yeah, you hear this stuff and it's like, oh, this is really good. But if I would have just done it like this and it would be mm-hmm. like amazing. And then you're like, so you, it, it, uh, listening to the people around me's music opens up this space where I can really, I go, oh, that, that's like possible. Like, like, um, that really is possible. And, and, you know, I, I've seen these people and, their music didn't used to be as good and they've got so much better just through working really hard and that's inspiring in itself and yeah it just like i don't know if i ever would because of who i am but their presence pretty much guarantees that i never rest on my laurels you know what i mean like mm. um and and then then we get to work together and then i learn a lot from them and we teach each other a lot and and we make better music than we could individually i think um and um, the fact that everyone's so willing to collaborate at the moment feels really exciting. Like it feels, yeah. The the the, the when people ask me about Manchester, um, one of the th- first things I say is that like it doesn't feel as um, um, there, there are a lot of cities and scenes where it feels like crabs in a bucket. You know, it feels like there are limited opportunities and everyone's fighting for the same opportunities. Um, for some reason in Manchester, maybe because until recently there haven't been loads of opportunities anyway, like mm. it's never felt like that. And so we can all teach each other and we can all collaborate with each other. And we realize that every win that someone gets is puts Manchester, you know, brighter on the map and, and a win for one of them is a win for all of us. And uh, it just make, makes, that's my perspective anyway, but I think yeah. it, it just, it, it creates a really like dynamic, um, beautiful thing. That's amazing. I, I love the way different regions at different points in, in time have, have these, have this sort of energy. And it's, it's, it's amazing to see, see what you're saying about this. And I, I just wanted to ask finally, um, I always ask this to everyone, you know, like what would you tell the younger version of you? <laughs> oh wow okay yeah um how much younger um pick an age you know i'd, I'd age. say pick a pick a, the, the age where you feel you most would need to tell or would want to reach out and tell i think we always i don't know it works differently for everyone really like i always see myself in that question as like quite young mm-hmm. you know sort of a bit before you know things like sex and drugs and and stuff arrived <laughs> yeah yeah i think um i think i tell the 13 year old version of myself exactly where to find fruity loops on the internet yes because i really didn't realize that 
I don't know how. I just I was listening to all this music and I didn't realize that you could just make it on computer like for free. That seemed like an alien concept to me. And I, if I did that, I would oh, I'm so much better. Um, but I think like most importantly, I would have like I would have told my 18 year old self that you don't need to be a specific type of person to make music. I used to worry that I wasn't right because I didn't come from a musical family and I, I didn't, I didn't um, have any real musical training and all of this. That I, I spent a lot more time than I should have worrying that I wasn't meant to do this. But you become the person you want to be, and you become yeah. the person you want to be by just like doing it one step at a time. And as long as you've got something interesting to say or you find an interesting way to say it, you'll be fine. You know. Um, mm. And yeah, I wish I, I wish I could like go and encourage eighteen-year-old me to just like get over that stuff and just like make stuff because it was it's fun, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. That was I really really enjoyed chatting with you. That was great. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Likewise. <laughs> thank you for having me. No worries at all. Thank you for thank you for making time to speak with me. And, and... Okay, so that was me. Paul Hamford talking with Ice Boy Violet for Lost and Sound podcast. Um, their new project, Not a Dream, but a Controlled Explosion, is due for release on August the 3rd on Fixed Abode. Um, Lost and Sound is proudly sponsored by Audio Technica, the global but still family run company that make headphones, turntables, cartridges, microphones, studio quality yet affordable products because they believe that high quality audio should be accessible to all. Um, I'd like to thank ESO for doing the music that you hear at the beginning, at the end of every episode of Lost and Sound. And my book, Coming to Berlin, is available now through the publisher of Velocity Press and in specialist bookshops. I hope you're good. I hope you're having a really, really lovely day and I'll chat to you soon.